Hello, and welcome to Don't Ignore the Elephant, the podcast where we talk about the stuff that no one else will, the elephant in the room. I'm Liz O'Riordan. I'm a breast cancer surgeon with breast cancer, and during my career, I've had a lot of elephants to deal with. I've learned that talking about them, getting them out in the open, can help you know that you're not alone. Whether it's cancer or other illnesses, mental health issues, sexual problems, bullying, harassment, or the death of a loved one, there are loads of things that can be hard to discuss. I know how powerful it can be to hear someone else talk honestly about their own problems. Some of my guests have lived these experiences, whilst others have dedicated their lives to helping those who have. I'm going to be chatting to them about it and asking the questions everyone else is too afraid to ask. In this episode, we'll be talking about sex, sex, and even more sex. For this episode, I'm delighted to be talking to Samantha Evans, or Sam Talks Sex for her social media followers. Others call her the Lube Queen. She's an expert in sexual pleasure and sexual health who wants to teach us all more about enjoying sexual intimacy. You might have seen her on Davina McCall's recent show, Sex, Myths and the Menopause on Channel 4. I first came across Sam on Twitter when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Chemotherapy drove me straight into the menopause. Add in tamoxifen and I was plagued with hideous night sweats, a dry tight vagina and no libido. I can't describe the guilt I had when it came to my relationship with Dermot, my husband. Like many of us, I used to be really prudish when it comes to talking about sex. Sex ed at school was purely biological. Who knew that you were meant to have fun and enjoy yourself? Or that it was okay to experiment and find out what works for you? Sam came to my rescue. A former nurse, she founded Joe Divine with her husband after she realised the lubricant she was using was doing more harm than good. As well as selling skin-safe lubricants, toys and more, the website is a mine of information covering everything from the menopause to masturbation. I can't wait to get stuck in. Welcome, Sam, to Don't Ignore the Elephant. Thanks, Liz. It's lovely to be here. I want to start off by asking, why do so many people find it hard to talk about sex? Because it's an embarrassing subject. I think we make it embarrassing because it's sex. We're talking about our genitals. We're talking about a very intimate thing that we do either alone or with a partner. A lot of people struggle, obviously, with their upbringing, you know, childhood, yeah. the way in which they've been raised, their cultural backgrounds, religious background, lack of sex education, which is we know is still a massive problem. Yeah. Um, you know, part of my work is actually educating people about sex from 18 to 95, because that's our customer base. Wow. Um, but there are so many hang-ups that people have. And as a former nurse as well, I find it frustrating because it was never part of my training. Um, so healthcare professionals really struggle to talk about it. You know, it's the one aspect of our daily living that we don't actually sort of acknowledge and talk about. And yet so many things can impact upon our sexual function, intimacy and pleasure that then in, impact upon our both our physical and men, mental well-being. Um, so, you know, for me, it's about normalising sex, not medicalising it and actually saying, you know, if you want to carry on enjoying pleasurable sex, if you want better sex, there are ways that you can, you know, go about doing that. And it's like even now, I watched something last night on the telly and there was a sex scene and my parents are next to me thinking, I'll just turn away and start singing because I can't see sex in front of my parents. For God's sake, I'm in my 40s. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, poor children don't stand a chance. To be oh, I know. They're very, very well informed. But yeah, we'll they... come to that later. <laughs> What was your own attitude to sex growing up and when did it change? 
Um, I had very little sex education. All I can remember is actually watching a video of naked children jumping into a swimming pool. I think when I was about eight. Nice. And then there were rabbits as well. There were cartoon rabbits. Um, oh no, God. and I wasn't told about periods. I remember my mum and my big sister, my older sister, whispering on the landing. They were clearly getting sanitary products out of the, the cupboard. Yeah. Um, and then going nurse training. No, I was completely and utterly naive. Put myself into situations that, you know, got very, very lucky. But actually meeting Paul when I was 23, you know, we clicked he was good at what he did and we yeah. carried on being together for nearly 30 years. It was, I can't remember, we've been married for 24 years and together for 29 or 30, 30 years. But I like sex, but my own body hasn't always liked it. And I've talked about that extensively and I've written about it. Yeah. But actually, as I've got older, you know, I've had three children, I've had sexual health issues. A marriage, you have to work at it as well, any relationship. Yeah. And you know, as I got older and hit menopause, I sort of think, well, I want to carry on enjoying pleasurable sex. And now I found out what works to me, that kind of magic formula, um, which means that I can enjoy pleasurable sex now, hopefully until I'm 95, like my oldest customers. So oh, it sounds know. amazing. But let's talk about the menopause, because I mean, I, I had no training in sex education mm. as a doctor. I never heard another doctor talk to someone about sex. Mm. And I had no idea as a breast surgeon that the menopause after breast cancer had such a huge effect on the sex life of my patients. And I'm embarrassed to say I never asked them about it until I was on the receiving end. Can you explain what happens to the female body at the menopause so we can understand why things change? So basically, it's meno is menstrual and then pauses stop. And basically, a natural menopause is supposed to be you know, the year after your period stop. But, you know, I didn't have periods because I'd had an endometrial ablation. So I couldn't rely upon my period stopping for me to know when I'm in menopause. Yeah. But basically, it's basically your your ovaries no longer produce the estrogen. And also, we need estrogen. Estrogen is really important for our bodies and certainly in our genitourinary system. So our vulva, our bladder, our vagina, our urethra. Mm-hmm. And that's why those sexual health issues happen. The vaginal tightness, the vaginal atrophy, that's when the tissues shrink. Um, you know, the recurrent infections like thrush and bacterial vaginosis, yeah. cystitis and urinary tract infections, you know, painful penetration, yeah. um, or just general discomfort, basically. Um, and that's because, you know, the estrogen is slowly decreasing and we actually need it to keep the vagina vulva urethra and bladder happy and healthy it's like a natural lubricant isn't it yeah it is I mean basically it promotes the lubrication and also it promotes the ph it helps with the friendly bacteria that actually protect our vulva and vagina you know so that's really really important but it's often sort of you know women say well yeah I started getting UTIs I'm getting cystitis I'm going well you know this is because it's it's menopause and they might not have any other symptoms but it is no. really debilitating for a lot of people. And, you know, some people think, well, you could just use a bit of lube and then that'll be fine. And actually, that's not the whole story about it, of actually no. how you can overcome some of these issues. And you can overcome them. And um, that's the yeah. important thing to get across people. There is something you can do about it. And we'll go on to talk about it. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest issue was I was 40 and I had lost my libido yeah. completely. I would rather have a cup of tea than hit the sheets. But it wasn't just in bed. So watching something like Fleabag with Andrew Scott as the hot priest. (laughs) Oh, my God. Normally, that would get me wet. I'd be hot under the collar. I'd be squirming in my seat. But now, dry as a bone. Mm. Nothing. And your husband looks at you with that little twinkle in his eye. Mm. Nothing. Mm. And it's the commonest question women ask me. How can you get your libido back? Can you get it back? I think... 
everybody's different and so many yeah. different things impact upon your libido but i always say to people they always think they have to go in all guns blazing it's always only got to be penetrative sex that's the type of sex that they have yeah um and basically it can't be just small steps like you know a little kiss and just because you're kissing somebody doesn't mean that you're giving them the you know the green light to go ahead and have full penetrative sex it's actually yeah. maintaining that intimacy and also for a lot of women saying you know i just don't feel sexual and i say well you know it's really important to masturbate you know go masturbate what in the bath. you want women to masturbate you have a masturbate in the bath take your waterproof toy in the bath or the shower you know and actually because i was say to people if you do that regularly that actually sort of starts to spark those flames you know actually feels yeah. pleasurable but you know actually you need to talk to your partner and, and sort of say well there are different things we can do why don't you have a nice massage you know it's sort of like oh you know you might want to you know um sort of you know just intimate touch of some sort or you know sort of even like um audio porn that's a big thing at the moment sort of to get oh know, really the juices going really that's actually sort of to visualize stuff but i think people always think it's got to be all or nothing you know if i'm going to yeah. kiss him then he's going to want to have you know and i'm i'm assuming this is heterosexual but obviously same sex couples as well you know yeah. that they want sex with me and i don't want it and actually and also let's face it your libido will be impacted upon if sex is feeling painful or uncomfortable and you think oh god i'm probably going to get thrushed tomorrow or i'm going to be up all night on the resistitis you know yeah that is going to completely dampen down your libido too so i always say to people it, it's those little steps that are really really important you know sort of um masturbating invest in a really good lubricant and i know we'll talk about that but also get yourself a simple bullet vibrator you know they're inexpensive they're lots of fun and actually yeah they're nice to use you know ours are waterproof so bath or shower give yourself yeah. a lot of me time because if you do that regularly you'll start to connect with your own sort of sexuality and sexual feelings and that have you know been buried away because you've been through yeah. treatment and it you know it's it's a, a huge change to your life and the way you feel about yourself I guess an orgasm is quite a nice way to go to sleep when you've got the hot flushes well, and night sweats. Yeah, and it promotes all those feel-good endorphins. You know, a lot of my customers, yeah. you know, do use their toy at night, you know, to actually help them sleep. But it just boosts, boosts your well-being, makes you feel happy. And also it's promoting the blood flow to the tissues of the vulva and vagina, you know, keeping them happy yeah. and healthy, promoting the lubrication. And I just say, hey, it feels nice. <laughs> so. I know. Because I've had a lot of women say they, they struggle to climax when yeah. they're on Zolodex or yeah. Tamoxifen. It's like, I can't climax, I can't orgasm anymore. But you can. Those nerves haven't been destroyed, have they? It's just no, not connecting totally. with them again. Yeah, and the sensation. And basically, you know, we've got so many different toys now. The world has moved on from the rampant rabbit, thank goodness. But also we've got this fantastic technology, air pulse toys and sonic wave toys, and they're not vibrators. So tell me about an air pulse toy I've so basically they you pop them over your clitoris um and you mm -hmm. get a seal you use a little bit of water basically pop it over the clitoris and it doesn't vibrate they gently tease and caress the clitoral tissue and obviously what you see on the outside is the tip of the iceberg the clitoris is the shape of a wishbone a turkey wishbone it surrounds your vagina and actually those wow. sensations are sent through the tissues of the clitoris and actually we've got lots of people who are enjoying orgasms again or for the first time with these toys because they're different to a classic vibrator and it's a good way of getting you warmed up for sex so actually it's promoting yeah. the blood flow to the to the clitoris it's actually promoting the blood flow to the the vagina things start to swell and as it should do you know, it helps with your arousal and also then it helps with lubrication too and they're waterproof so again take them in the bath or the shower you'd be spending all your day yeah. in the bath but <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're just and, great yeah. toys 
They are. And I guess it helps relax the vaginal wall as well to make penetration easier, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anything that helps. Because, you know, this is the thing. If you think it's going to feel painful, you will tense up. I've been there. You think legs crossed. Yeah. Yeah, And as a former vaginismus sufferer, I know exactly what that feels like. You think it's going to be painful. This penetration or whatever you're doing is going to be painful. You're tight in the pelvic floor muscles. And then, yes, it will be tight and it may feel uncomfortable or painful. So and actually these toys, you know, playing with a partner, I think, you know, either on your own, if you're, you know, solo or if you're in a relationship, you know, getting your partner to hold it onto you. There are app controlled ones now. It's something that you can take control of. I often say to people, because yeah. I, some people, I've had people say to me, I felt like my health was hijacked, my sex life was hijacked by the cancer. Yeah. And actually, you know, I'm saying to people, well, this is something you can do now. We're giving the control back to you now. This is something you can go off and have some fun with because ultimately sex is meant to be pleasurable and fun. And that's it what is, I'm always it? talking to people about. You know, I don't medicalize it. It's this is important for you. And it might feel different. And you might find that there are things you're not able to do anymore, but you'll probably find there's more things you can do. And actually, if you start exploring good lubes and toys, yeah. then actually you open up your sexual repertoire <laughs> um, and actually sexual sensations that maybe you've never experienced before. Yeah. Well, let's talk about lube because you are the lube queen. You know, as a doctor, <laughs> I thought it was just for rectal exams and smear tests with yeah. a good old tube of KY jelly oh, and yeah. a white coat. Yeah. And I thought, you want to use lube for sex? Really? Who should use it and why should we use it? Everybody should use it if they feel that they want to use it or need to use it. For me personally, you know, lube just enhances my sexual pleasure. And I started using it when I met Paul when I was 23. But yeah, we were using the well-known lubricants out there, widely available and still widely recommended by lots of healthcare professionals. And for me, that then started off a whole 20 years of vaginal irritation, infections, thrush, bacterial vaginosis, cystitis, urinary tract infections, all of which then led to vaginismus because every time we had sex, I thought I'm going to be having maybe on the loo all night yeah. with cystitis. And it wasn't until we set up Jodie Vine yeah. that we started selling the organic lubricants. And within about a week of using them, I remember saying to Paul, I haven't had cystitis. It was like that light. But when I used, when we used them, yeah. sex felt great. And it was like masturbation felt great. Somebody I was spoken to, she called it the hierarchy of wetness. It's almost like, I don't need to use lubricant. And I get quite a lot with people when I say, oh, you know, if you're buying the toy, we recommend using this lubricant because it makes it feel more pleasurable. And they feel like as if you're accusing accusing them of, you know, you've got a problem. And I think... Oh, your partner can't get you wet enough, so it's the partner's fault. And, you know... And we know that I can feel aroused, but, you know, still feel dry. So, you know, popping on a bit of lube gets me going. That's all we actually need. That's how I do it. Some people put it on when they... For their foreplay or if they're just playing together. Some people put it on when they're ready to have any form of penetration or they put it on their toy. Or, you know, or just when they're masturbating. But I think we have to get over this fact that, you know, your lubrication, you know, cancer treatments, but menopause you know anxiety stress breastfeeding exactly you know, you know, the, yeah. all these things impact upon our lubrication so but using a good lube can transform your sex life so define a good lube because I got them when I was in my 20s and 30s just off the counter yeah. from boots yeah. and you get the flavored ones and the yeah. minty ones and the thing should, should we not be using those no so basically the most important thing about lube is ingredients really matter when it comes to your intimate health you think about what you put on your skin your skincare and your hair care and what you eat and people don't give a thought about what they put on the vulvas yeah. inside the vaginas on the penis and inside their anus and yet 
certainly for any, you know, your vulval and vaginal health is ingredients matter because a lot of these products contain glycerin. Glycerin's a sugar yeah. that actually makes a lube feel quite tacky, but glycerin's a sugar and that can create an environment for thrush to thrive. So if you are prone to thrush, and that's often common after cancer treatment, but a lot of people, I'm a former thrush sufferer because of the glycerin in the lube I was using. Yeah. Then glycols, they're well-known vaginal irritants. You know, again, they cause lots of irritation. That's often what will sting when you first put a lube on and that puts people off using the lube. Yeah. Then you've got um, parabens, which are hormone disruptors. They're a preservative, and we really shouldn't be putting those in our bodies. They're removing them from a lot of beauty products now and deodorants and things like that. Right. Then you've got alcohol. That dries out the tissues of the vagina. You've got dyes, because we all need a pink vulva. And we've got perfumes and scent. <laughs> you know, you all need a lavender-smelling um, vagina. <laughs> and also glitter. Yeah, because we all need yes. a glittery vulva. But, you know, flavoured leaves are great for oral sex, you know, um, and there are some really good ones out there now. In fact, we might add some to our website with our lovely um, Suteal Lux and Rich um, products. But they've got natural flavourings in them. But I say to people, great, yeah. use flavoured leaves, but wash it off and use a skin safely because the, yeah. the, the flavourings might contain sorbitol or sweeteners or something. And again, that can cause thrush. So exactly. the, the lubricant market is massive. We've got CBD lubricants now. We have no idea what CBD does to the tissues oh, of our vagina. Um, but it's finding what works for you. You know, um, if yeah. people find that coconut oil works for them and they're not using condoms and that's fine, you know, but it's actually for anybody who is sensitive. It's really important yeah. to check the ingredients and as Joji Vine is a sex toy company, we're one of the few companies that actually have stuck with our ethics and we will not sell anything that contains those ingredients. And I find it frustrating when I do talk to healthcare professionals and they go, oh, well, all lubes are the same. I'm going, well, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> no, and you see, they get the KY jelly to put Well, it's even worse yeah. things. It's like OptiLube and SensiLube, oh, all sorts of things oh, that are out there. And also things now being targeted at the menopause market and whole stands in shops aimed at the menopause market and their washes and douches and lubes and, 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 yeah, and then all of which contain at least one irritating ingredient and then at the bottom you'll have the thrush and bacterial vaginosis treatment because you're going to need those you know but people once you have an irritation people will go they become lube they become ingredients detectives and uh, you know this is I will never stop talking about this because of my own sex life being destroyed yeah. by using the well-known lubes and I find it utterly frustrated in my own industry know. you know with these but they're you know they're never going to stop no they're not Instagram's flooded with adverts of products to make our vaginas oh, smell yeah. as fresh as a summer's day. And it's like, you don't need to put anything in them. Well, it's like the washes and everything. I mean, the intimate hygiene industry is out of control. Um, but menopause Maybe. is a massive business now, you know. So I spend a lot of my yeah. time just saying to people, well, you don't you just wash Stop your it. water. And, you know, yeah. you don't need any of these products. But unfortunately, when you do actually have a sexual health issue, and even after, you know, you know, you've got vaginal dryness, vaginal tightness, or it's sore or itching, then people will go to, you know, the high street and take something off the shelf, a wash or a lubricant or a moisturiser, yeah. and actually it exacerbates their problem. Or it may mask symptoms that they've actually got, and they need different treatment yeah. for, you know. So this is why I would say to people, just go and see your GP. But unfortunately, a lot of GPs still recommending good old KY or, you know, even know. if one prescription that contained glycerin. I say to people, if they're going to prescribe you something, just say, what are the ingredients? That's all I say to people. I know. And actually, you can get safe lubricants yes. on prescription. So I, I've tried the silicone ones and I just find they just smear everywhere. But I really like Yes, which is oil and water based and yes. it's vaginal and anal use. And if you're a cancer patient, your prescriptions are free and your GP can prescribe this. So you can get free lubricant yeah, every month. Yeah, definitely. Which, That's good. You know, and if you don't get on with you know, those products, we've got the Suteal Lux that we've 
Joe Wine, we're selling that now and it's a water-based yeah. formulation and actually it can be used as the vaginal moisturiser. Well. Yeah. The yes, water and oil obviously can be used together, creates a double glide, but obviously any oil-based product will destroy condoms. And again, exactly. you're going through the menopause then you know and you're in a new relationship you do need to use condoms because the walls of the vagina are thinner you are at greater risk of transmission of a sexually transmitted infection so again exactly i can't get pregnant don't need to use a condom yeah you do because there are other reasons (laughs) yeah you do now i know not just breast cancer but a lot of people with colorectal cancer have come to me and they've got stomas and they really struggle at the thought of having sex especially if they're single yeah one woman said to her surgeon well what do i do on a one-night stand and he looked horrified And I guess the last thing you want is a bag full of poo at that vital moment. Have you got any tips for people with stomas or scars? The one the one tip that I heard from Hannah Whitten, who's got a stoma, she's a sex educator, and she was saying wear um, crotchless knickers, which I thought was a really good idea. Oh. Because then you're actually securing the bag against you. And you can yes. get some really, really pretty ones and sort of even high-waisted ones and things like that. And again, for, you know, men, they can put on pants. They actually, they are crotchless pants. And they just, yes. you know, so therefore, it's out of the way. Um, you know, you could yep. wear pretty lingerie, but you could wear these knickers as well. And I actually thought that was a really, really good idea as well. Genius. You know, it is a problem, but that was the one tip that I sort of took away and thought, well, wow, that's a really, really good idea for you to actually give you that confidence that it's actually your bag is tucked away. No one can see it. But it, it is difficult, isn't it? It's And then again, you sort of one night stand, you really want to be having this conversation with this person that you just know. Met. It's very, very difficult. Um, it's like when we strip off, you might see a scar and you might see this and yeah. you might see that. But do you still want to have sex with me? And, and, and when that, do you bring it up? And that goes hand in hand with using a condom and, and lubricant as well. I've had people say, oh, yeah, well, they don't want to use a lubricant. So, OK, no lubricant. You don't have sex then. Yeah, I just yeah. people just say, oh, I love using this lube. Do you want to try it? You know, actually just say to you, yeah, I know I'd never have sex without this lube because it's again that whole sort of um thing of you know all i can't i can make you wet well actually no i'd rather you didn't i'd rather we use this lube and then you know once we get going yeah Yeah. you probably will make me wet so it's you know it's framing it in that way but um you know more and more people do use sexual lubricant now and it's just getting used to using it because it can feel and that's why it's important to use a good one because the poor ones can actually make sex not feel that great so and I guess it's having the courage to establish your ground rules, yeah. isn't it? And how can we make people realise that sex is meant to be fun and it's okay to experiment? And what age do you start telling, I guess, teenagers that sex isn't just biological and how to actually learn what they enjoy? It's quite frustrating because obviously sex ed curriculum has been updated, but my daughter took part in sort of helping produce it in 2017, mm-hmm. but it's been really watered down. And pleasure really doesn't feature on it that much, which is a real shame. But I feel like, you know, it's getting people to understand their bodies. I mean, for a lot of people who are, you said, embarrassed and ashamed and whatever, I'm saying, you know, explore your body, use a little bit of lubricant, you know, actually, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Have you looked at your vulva? But it's actually talking to your partner. You know, I've had customers saying, have you got a completely silent sex toy I can use in bed while I'm lying next to my husband when he's asleep? Oh. And it's got my heart sinks. But I'm going, well, yeah, a lot of our toys are quiet, but they're not silent. And it's like, it's a shame you can't have that conversation. But we know that some relationships, you know, aren't that open. But actually, once you have that conversation with a partner, then often you'll find that they have similar thoughts to you. 
um, they're not yeah. going to be horrified. And as long as you're not whipping out a great big six-inch dildo, a little tiny bullet or a little pebble vibrator, you know, that you hold in the palm of your hand, you know, yeah. these things are really fun. A lot of the toys that sort of are aimed at a vulva and vagina, but can be used, you know, on a penis too, up and down the shaft of penis, on the testicles, on nipples, obviously on a, a, yeah. a partner's clitoris, is actually saying to people, you know, it shouldn't be a chore. And quite frankly, no. it's painful. There's something you we can do about that. Um, and we can make it feel more pleasurable. I mean, for me, the feedback we get is like, oh, my God, that lubricant. I can't believe it. It's transformed my sex life. We didn't get out of bed yeah. all weekend. And it's not been <laughs> like that for months, years. And it's weird. It's almost like I feel like I'm part of this secret club where people sort of discovered these <laughs> lubricants, you know, be it yes or sutile, and going, yeah. oh, why didn't I know? But why didn't I know in my 20s and 30s? I mean, obviously, these products didn't exist then. But... You know, why didn't I know? Why wasn't it taught as part of my nurse training? But, you know, this is this sort of <laughs> secret club. And then people, they go, oh, no, no, you need to try this. Yeah, no, this is really good. And I think we've got so many more conversations talking about sex. Yeah. But as long as people are not promoting poor products, the problem is, is when people have the conversation and then they're giggling about it. And it's like, for me, yeah. yeah, I can have a real giggle. But for me, it's being professional and saying to people, look, I like yeah. sex. These are things you can do. For me, it's... Being positive and saying to somebody, okay, that might not work for you, but have you tried this? Or, you know, it might be a combination exactly. of things. Finding out what works for you, really, because what works for me might not work for you. So, you know, this is why exploring new things and having a laugh if it doesn't quite work out. I think that's exactly. I mean, it's meant to be messy and, yeah. you know. Messy, noisy, embarrassing, you know, but the most of all, it's not people. like you see in the movies. <laughs> We never see the postcoital wobble to the loo with the tissues between. No, the, you don't. Or the tube of lube on the side. So, yeah, I mean, in fact, I know. We've, we've got sex education on Netflix, which has been brilliant. They've, they've oh, it's amazing, so much stuff, it? and I think they've actually it's been educating everybody. So. I think one thing women have discovered it's um using vaginal dilators. Yeah, I discovered them because again everything's really dry and tight, mm-hmm. and it was just a way of again helping stretch things up, and also for your partner to know that things might actually work. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the thing is, we created, we have a health brochure we created at Tunbridge Wells Hospital with a urogynecologist, Alex Slack, yeah. and Pip Salmon, who's a physio there, because they couldn't get their patients to use their medical dilators for whatever reason, um, you know, had they been through cancer treatment, menopause, surgery, post-hysterectomy. Yeah. And so basically they said, you know, we've been telling them to buy a slim sex toy from a high street shop, but actually could you create something, create a little booklet, which is grown, yeah. gets given out in so many different places. And it's got slim sex toys, but it's got the, the silicon dilators, which are a yeah. lot more user-friendly. Um, and it means that you comply with treatment. It means that you are able to overcome the vaginal tightness. But they're lovely, silky smooth. They're pretty pink. They're nice, they? aren't they? And it, it's not medical? No, not at all. I mean... And they've got that ring on the end? Well, the ring on the end... getting we, lost inside? Basically, we, we, we had a toy called the Slinky Pink or Slinky Slinky Karma Blue, which was discontinued. We are actually having it manufactured for Joe Divine. It's called, going to be called the Joe Divine Immy. And it's going yep. to be... You can pop it through the ring loops on the handle so it actually makes the dilator vibrate ah. so that then promotes the blood flow to the tissues of the vagina while you're dilating and also obviously yep. that toy you can it's got a little silicon sleeve so you can remove that into the little bullet and you can use that on your clitoris yep. see you I always say massage around the entrance of the vagina with it so hopefully we're just trying to get that but <laughs> in stock yeah. now as a Joji Vine toy because when they stopped it we're going well we sell loads of these because it's so useful so 
people often use that in combination with their dilators or you know other sex toys that they've got they might have a slim sex toy exactly. and they use it in between dilator number two or three you know because some yeah. of the, it, it can be a big jump for some people to go sort of up to the next dilator so if they've got a slim toy and if you've had pelvic radiotherapy or pelvic surgery you do need to start right at the very beginning again you do yeah very much so but a slim toy you know you it's promoting the the blood flow to the tissues vagina it's promoting the lubrication and it feels pleasurable it helps with sensation because obviously as you talked before people struggle to orgasm but they lose sensation yeah after they've been through treatment so actually it's a good way of actually identifying where that lack of sensation is or reduced sensation and also you know we work with lots of pelvic health physios so you know for them to actually identify where somebody's got a problem they're going well actually this part there feels it feels a bit numb and also anybody who's had a hysterectomy you know it helps to stretch the vagina because the vagina shrinks yeah. after you've had a hysterectomy something they never tell people and then penetrative sex can feel quite painful so. no and I think it's the same I remember when I did bowel cancer surgery and we'd go around to all these male patients having low rectal surgery and no one said it might give you retrograde ejaculation yeah. or you might not be able to, you might not have an erection again that wasn't discussed because it was all about get the cancer out and it's just well it, there's so much doctors need to know isn't there well exactly and it also obviously I think obviously healthcare professionals know about sex toys and dilators they don't know about the products for you know people with a penis and a prostate um, or yeah. not a prostate and so there are fantastic toys out there there's male vibrators that are really good for stimulating you know the erectile tissues you know there are yeah. pumps that you use in the bath or the shower and the warm water helps open up the blood vessels and then the the, the vacuum is created by the warm water and it helps perfuse yeah. the tissues of the the penis there are obviously constriction rings but a lot of you know urologists have no idea that these products exist and also it means that couples no. can play together you know often we'll have a woman phoning us to buy a sex toy for herself because her husband has erectile issues, whether they've had cancer or they've, you know, heart disease, diabetes, whatever. Yeah. They've had surgery. And then we say, well, we've actually got products for, you know, your partner. And they'll come back and buy a product for their partner. So they can both play together. Yeah. But also it does stimulate function so that they enables them to get an erection that's suitable for penetrative sex. To benefit. But obviously if it's anal sex, you, you obviously do need a full erection. And that might be a little bit more difficult too. But yeah. And by recommending toys, I think like you're normalizing sex. You know, I saw people sort of, yeah. you know, people who keep them in their clinics, <laughs> uh, with the healthcare rushes, and they go, yeah, I just have this little there, the toy on the side or a whole it in my hand and then the patient go oh, what's that and then it means they yeah. open up the conversation they go oh, never thought about sex toy, but that's really nice or that's really pretty or and it's not that connotation of like the view that people have about the sex toy industry and sex toy shops and you know yeah. what toys were like in the past I know and they're all hidden at the bottom of the wardrobe yeah. so no one can see <laughs> so I have a sex bag that I take Brilliant. whenever I talk just to show people yeah. and sex I think sex may never be spontaneous again if you have had cancer surgery that affects your libido but almost having a bag of tricks and toys and lubes that you can take with you it's like it's there it's ready to go it's different yeah I mean I, I pinched her idea called it an intimacy bag yeah. I just thought it was just I mean I have been sort of telling people well, we'll pop it in a little bag or a box but your idea when I read it in your book as well and it was like you know that's a really really good idea it's like you know you've actually got everything there and if you're going out if you're going on a night out make sure you've got a little pouch that's got your condoms in it or it's got your lube exactly it, you know and maybe your simple bullet it's like you just yeah. that you're actually prepared so that that's really really important but yeah no an intimacy bag it's you know because also then it you know it makes it feel more sexual and it's not medical yeah exactly but I want to come back to partners because I think it's often all about the cancer patient 
and the partners are often ignored and their own sexual needs and desires aren't discussed. And I can remember I was just getting used to being flat chested and flinching when my husband Dermot touched me. I didn't feel like a sexual being and I didn't want him to see me naked and no, don't touch me like that. I can't imagine how hard it was for him. But I've also had women tell me that their partners have stopped initiating sex because they're so scared of hurting their wives who've almost described it to me as marital rape and you don't know it's going to be painful and what do do you stop do you say something then and then if the partner stops initiating it and the woman has no libido they go from lovers to housemates and I every single woman I've spoken to has said at some point she wanted to divorce her husband because of the guilt they felt and the damage they were doing to the marriage and I felt the same how can we help fix this It's all to do with communication. I think this is the most important thing. I hear this too. um, And, you know, partners being really scared that they're going to hurt their partner. And I think if you have to say, let's go slow, I think it's the whole thing of sort of consent. It's actually saying to people, well, you know, this feels fine to touch me here. Would you like to touch me here? Um, You know, yeah, yeah, I quite like that. Or can we try this? But it's actually having that confidence to say to your partner, you know, you know, I'd quite like to try this. I've got this lubricant. Would you like to try and masturbate me? It's just, yeah. or can I do that to you? Can we just kiss and cuddle just to maintain that intimacy? Yeah. And actually to allay fears, it's a really common fear actually of partners that they're going to hurt, you know, um, their partner. And it's, it, it's a really difficult one. And also, as you say, once sex stops or the intimacy stops, it's not so much yeah. the act of sex, it's actually... The intimacy, it's actually that kissing and that cuddling and that, that touching and stroking and just that connection. It is very, very difficult. It's very easy for people to separate and to withdraw and actually say, well, actually, it's all over now and there's, there's yeah. no point. But there's nothing. It, it is hard. And also and- that's where psychosexual therapy can really play a part. And, you know, for me, I we work with quite a lot of psychosexual therapists and I, it should be a compulsory part of cancer treatment as should be talking about sex I think yeah the two you know this is so so important and it's the luck of the draw whether you actually get offered it I know so I didn't realize when I worked in Ipswich that there was a psychosexual counselor for cancer patients oh. and I only found out mm. when I went back to talk as a patient a couple of years later I had no idea mm. but I think it's the partner again I've people crying saying the woman has vaginismus because she's so scared yeah. of having painful sex and then the, her partner can't get an erection because they're so scared of hurting them. Yeah, and it is really difficult. But those little steps, as I talked about, you know, not yeah. taking the focus away from penetrative sex because obviously not everybody has penetrative sex. And almost saying, we're not going to have sex for a month. We're yeah. going to do everything else. And, actually, and not having that conversation in the bedroom. So I remember, yeah. sorry, Dermot, <laughs> I was halfway through chemo and I was bold. And I could still feel and see the lump in my breast because yeah. chemo hadn't shrunk it. And we, we were going to try and be intimate. And it was like, do I touch your bald head? Do I touch the breast? But there's a cancer there. What do I do? We hadn't been through it. And it was just, why didn't anybody tell us to have these conversations <laughs> downstairs in the kitchen? And you muddle through. But it's just, it's so hard. It is. And actually, these conversations don't have them in the bedroom. I think this is the most important thing, no. isn't it? Do it somewhere else that... It's not that connection with the bedroom. The bedroom is supposed to be a place of pleasure. Or the stairs, or the kitchen <laughs> table, you know. If you have bought yourself a box of tricks, you know, if you've got yourself your lubricants, and say, well, do you think we could perhaps try these? Or, do you know, I've got this. And open, you know, perhaps buy the sex toys together, go onto a website yeah. and, and, and choose something. You can say, oh, 
that sounds interesting. You know, know, with us, you know, the articles, obviously we've got articles about sex and breast cancer, but about quite a lot of different cancers as well. But, you know, there's just tips and advice about actually how to introduce lubricants and sex toys into your relationship. Yeah. But without penetration, I think... You know, this whole thing and the, and I think this constantly checking in with each other, not to be anxious, but just to say, yeah. how does that feel? Or you as, you know, the, the woman can say, well, actually, that's OK. Yeah, I've got some sensation there. Or actually, I'd rather you didn't touch me like that. Or can you be a bit more gentle? No, I'd like a firmer touch. And that's it. It's giving feedback. I think you feel... People don't say harder, slower, yes. firmer, faster. You just think they're meant to know what they're doing and it's yeah. meant to work and it's not working for me. And actually being able to say, that doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah. Can you go a bit to the left or can yeah. you do this? And actually just being honest. It's like, look, I'm really sorry. I've been lying for the last, you know, people say, you know, lie for 20 years. That doesn't work for me. Can no. you try it like this? Exactly. And actually then you might discover something that, you know, you've you thought, well, I've never really liked that in the past, but I actually quite like that now or something completely yeah. new. You know, and it's just for me, I discovering my G spot several years ago, which I didn't think existed. You know, and you think I should know where it is because I own a sex, so I couldn't, but I didn't, I didn't even know, but I know where yeah. it is now. But it's, it's actually it's communication, sen- isn't it? Sensations change and positions yeah. as well, positions that you've been used to having sex. And again, you know, painful sex penetration is a fab- fabulous toy, which we, I know you know about called the O nut. We're going to put it on Jojo. Oh, they're they're amazing. They're like the little silicon. Explain ring. what they are. Yeah, they're like a bumper, yeah. aren't they? And they are four, a set of four. Pop it on the penis. You can put on all four, just put on two. Acts like a bumper, basically. And we are going to be putting it on Jojo Vine because I want it to go in the health brochure. But it prevents deep penetration. So yes. that's a really handy thing to have. It's not intrusive. But also, no, and the man can thrust away. Yeah, exactly. But, but he can't go fully in. Yeah. So he still gets his enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And also that's because often the vagina will sort of get tighter towards the top. Certainly if you've had a hysterectomy, your treatment, but you know, when you've been through treatments, but also yeah. position. So, you know, for me, I like being on top because I don't like deep penetration. It means I can control the depth of penetration or maybe yeah. a spooning position. You know, things like doggy style, that is going to be deep penetration. You cannot control yeah. that. Um, and then if you're telling you, oh, no, no, too deep, and then probably put them off, they'll probably lose their erection. Yeah. So when you can actually be in control of the depth of penetration, but yeah, the owner, which, you know, as I said, hopefully will be on the website shortly. Brilliant. You know, that's a really, really handy little thing that you can have. And, you know, it's a nice colour. It doesn't look like a sex toy. It's not a sex toy anyway. No. But it, it's just it could handy, be a bracelet. It's just a handy little thing to have. So, you know, to prevent that yeah. deep penetration as well. Now, I want to talk what I think is a real elephant in the room when it comes to sex. And that's having sex when you're old. Yeah. So I can't remember ever seeing an elderly couple having passionate sex on TV or in a film. Does sex stop when you hit 70? No, because our oldest customers are 95. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we had, I had a lovely conversation, several conversations with a lady um, who recently discovered that she's 93. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so we have a lot of older customers because we advertise in women's magazines like yours, um, Woman and Home, yeah. which has given. So you get a certain demographic, again, the menopausal demographic and postmenopausal, but older people. And it's great because I love hearing that they buy, you know, couples buy toys for each other. You know, we've got a lot of women who are widowed and they're missing their partners. So they feel guilty for buying a sex toy, but actually they we often have conversations with them very upset and we listen to them we 
asked them about their partners. And I go, well, it'll never replace your partner. And they go, but I said, it'll help with the physical side. And they go, and they go well, yeah, my husband would have liked the fact that I bought this toy. Yeah. Because people experience sexual bereavement. I mean, that can happen at any age. But obviously, as you get older, when you lose your partner. But also, that can happen if somebody ends up with a health issue, which means that you can no longer enjoy sex together. So you actually mourn yeah. the loss of your sex life. I mean, exactly through cancer treatments, people mourn the loss of their sex life and what they've had before. Yeah. Same with menopause. Um, so, you know, it's actually sexual bereavement is a big thing and we don't talk about it and doctors don't talk about it. Yeah, and yeah. it actually impacts on people's physical and mental well-being. So I love the fact when a lady, she phoned and she says, yeah, she says, I love my sex time. I don't need antidepressants and I'm sleeping really well. And I'm having an orgasm every night. <laughs> She was 75, you know, and I just think oh. we all need to be like her. Yeah, definitely. And we've got them, they pass around the brochure and the, the magazine with the advert oh. in it. And they go, Well, yeah, my right. bought one, so I'm buying one. So it's you need to get your brochure in every nursing home. I love this. <laughs> well, that's another thing as well, because people go from their own home to residential care to nursing homes. And we have got people who buy room residential care and nursing homes, and partners who buy toys for their no, their wife or husband who are in a nursing home so they can still enjoy sexual pleasure. They're, they're parted, you know, they're living at home and their partner's in residence. I can imagine them on their iPhones with the one that's controlled by an app <laughs> on the phone and he's he's playing music and his wife's, you know, yeah. down the road. This Oh, I have this. But also all the doors this, shut of an afternoon, let the yeah. staff put their feet up for half an hour of a cup of tea. But, you know, it's not, that is something that people really, really miss. And again, obviously people conceal their sexuality as well, you know, sort of the yeah. LGBT community. We know it's a big problem. Completely. But, you know, this whole thing of like, when people are told, why are you worrying about your sex life? You're X age. And it's like, I find it really yeah. frustrating. So I think there was a little change within sort of the media about that. But there's still sex story websites say we're so inclusive. We're LGBT friendly. Brilliant. You've got no old people on your website. You've got nobody with a no. disability. So therefore, you're not that inclusive, yeah. you know. And I go no. to websites and go, well, these people all look like they're about 25, 30 jumping around. It doesn't appeal to me. Um, you know, where are the saggy tummies and the hairy bums and the, the love actually, handles and, you know, bodies and the farting and the you know <laughs> but also old bodies are fascinating you know naked bodies are absolutely fascinating of whatever age and I think that you know we've got to get over this like the fact is you know people and the people ooh, older people enjoying sex mm. I know I get that with breast surgery women were obsessed with having the perfect breasts which is like the page three model posing with her arms back in the chest out you don't really see pictures of what a normal vaginal vulva looked like oh. unless it's in a pool magazine and as a doctor I was you know amazed you see them all the time you think wow this is normal I'm normal that's what they look like stop worrying mm. But that's why we have this whole industry. We have the intimate hygiene industry, tightening, bleaching. You know, it's dreadful. The products oh. are out there. And also labiaplasty surgery, you know, and people just don't realise the, the implications of actually having that treatment or vagina tightening. You know, you can take this product home and do it at home. And it's like, oh, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of these medical interventions can really work. You know, and they can help yeah. with things like stress, urinary incontinence and help with vaginal atrophy. But these are things that have been medically researched. And, you know, that we've got the evidence to say that they work. These other things, you have no idea. People seem quite happy to stick anything inside their vaginas or on their vulvas. You know, and I mean, the whole tightening and bleaching products, they've got dreadful oh, chemicals in them. I know. And I've heard people having collagen injected under the G-spot yeah. to make it more pronounced. Yeah, they're called vaginal I mean, puffs. So that's um, hyaluronic acid, oh. which is fine to put on your skin. It's great dermally. Um, and actually, it's in one of our lubricants. So it's fine to be absorbed, dermally, but not to be injected. No. You know, this is the thing about it. And not to be injected into the labia. It's like, 
you know, but then, you know, people say, oh, it's driven by porn, but it's actually, you're right. And also everybody's bare. So, you know, we've always had hairy vulvas and we don't, you know, yes. now we can see everything. Um, but why do yes. we all want to look like a Barbie? And let's face it, when you I hit know. menopause, things shrink anyway. So, <laughs> And I tell you, that's one thing. When I had chemo, I didn't realise you lost all your body hair. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to pay for a wax. Three <laughs> Brazilian leg wax. And suddenly, I look like a 12-year-old girl. It's like, I don't like this. No, I know. And actually, that, I don't actually know why people have that done anyway. But yeah, actually, one of my friends, she said, well, that's one thing. She said, I'm going to have a leg wax now. So <laughs> and it was great. But um, it's very weird seeing yourself yeah. completely hairless down yeah. there. So I want to ask, what's the one thing everyone should be doing to have more enjoyable sex? The one thing is, if they're in a relationship, is to talk to their partner. I think that's the most important thing that they can do. But from a practical point of view, invest in a good, irritant-free lubricant. You'll be amazed of how that can transform your sexual pleasure, whether you're on your own or with a partner. And as you say, the most important thing is to actually have fun, because it's meant to be fun. So, you know, that's for me, pleasurable and fun. Brilliant. And you're going to give our listeners a discount code, aren't you? So they can purchase products. Yes, so it will be Don't Ignore the Elephant. So D-I-T-E 2021. Um, So basically that will be a time-limited code. I can't remember the dates now. And so it will be a 10% discount code. I think you have to spend £15 or something. So, and also people can call me at Jodie Vine for advice. There's articles on the website. There's articles about breast cancer. There's articles about cancer all about the lubricants you know yes. they can email me they can message me on instagram or twitter sam is amazing she does reply she is <laughs> you can ask her anything and you'll be amazed how much help you'll get so and we'll put that information about the discount code on the show notes yes that's great before we say goodbye i've got one more question i found it really hard when my cancer came back to smile because life was just miserable and i started collecting cards to put in a jar called a jar of joy and every time something good happened i put it on a card and put it in the jar and just seeing it fill up always made me smile. And it's now your turn as one of my special guests to put a card in the jar. I'm starting one for the podcast. So I wanted to ask you, what's one thing that's made you smile in the last couple of days? My husband's bread. Ooh. He bakes his own bread. He bakes sourdough. Oh, sourdough. Well, it makes me smile because I eat it. we have it for breakfast every morning. And my homemade mm-hmm. marmalade. So that, oh, now you're... that's my thing that always is the treat. I don't know why I call it a treat. It's We look forward to every morning. We sit down and we have breakfast. We watch a little bit of telly and we have our toast and marmalade. And it always makes me feel happy. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's definitely going in the jar. That's great. It's so lovely. That's such a lovely idea. <laughs> it's amazing. I've got kids doing it in schoolrooms and doctors doing it in offices. And just seeing the memories build up just, just makes you smile. So we're going to start one for the podcast and get listeners to send theirs in too. That's brilliant. I could have talked to you for hours, Sam. Thank you so much for going through sex and the menopause and cancer today. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking me. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Don't Ignore the Elephant. Sam really does talk about the elephant in the room, doesn't she? I love the fact that there are women in their 90s buying sex toys from her website. I'm really hopeful that we'll have inspired you to go and explore and bring the fun back into sex. As she mentioned in the podcast, she's given a discount code for our listeners. It's D-I-T-E 2021. We'll put the details in the show notes. You get 10% off all products if you spend more than £15 and it lasts for six weeks from today. Have we inspired you to try some lube or get a sex toy? I know I might have another look. Let us know what you get. If you are getting in touch, tell me what's made you smile in the last couple of days and I'll add it to the podcast jar of joy. 
In the next episode, I'm going to be speaking about death and dying with a wonderful palliative care consultant, Dr. Catherine Mannix. I've been a fan of hers for as long as I can remember, and I can't wait for you to hear her words of wisdom. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so the next episode is ready when you are. And if you do have a few seconds spare in your day, it would be great if you could leave a review and let me know what you thought. It would mean a lot. Don't Ignore the Elephant is produced by Birdline Media in association with Elizabeth Richards.